This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Ed Cohen. Ed, how's it going? Good, man. Thank you, Paul, for uh, for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so <clears throat> let's just get into it. You're the, you're the founder of Mama's, Mama's Munchies. Um, how did you get into entrepreneurship? So really this, um, this all started, I think I was just, uh, inclined to get into business at an early age. Um, I actually think about this a lot, but my grandma growing up, um, she's Mexican. Um, I used to visit Mexico a lot and she had a taco stand right in front of the hospital and looking back on it. Now I see how these things come full circle. Um, but essentially I have very fond memories of being at her taco stand, um, kind of working the cash register, talking to, to customers, um, helping her, you know, go around town. Uh, it's a very small town in Mexico, but we would go around town, uh, picking up materials for the, for the stand, um, you know, negotiating with vendors. So very early on, um, subconsciously, I kind of really picked up on those things. Um, and that really, I feel like, you know, looking back was kind of very early beginnings of me just kind of getting into that mindset. Um, you know, so that was probably the, the really inception of, of how I progressed over time. Um, but you know, as, as you grow up and, you know, I grew up here in, in Miami, Florida, um, you know, uh, when you're when you're growing up, you see a lot of things in the world as a child that that uh, you don't know how to attain. You know, um, and so as a kid, you don't really you're not making money as a kid. You know, um, but you see adults walking around um, buying things, whether it's a car, whether it's uh, experiences like going to Disney, whatever it may be. And I always was curious as to, you know, what it, how you get those things. Um, so I was always in my mind from an early age trying to connect the dots as, you know, how to manifest those things that, that you want, whether it's material or from an experience, you know, perspective, traveling, um, things like that. So um, I don't know. I, always, I was always very attractive to the idea of taking control of your own life and um and really just pursuing your what do you say what pursuing things that you that makes you happy and fulfill feeling fulfilled you know and i always found a kind of fulfillment in in setting a goal and then trying to reverse engineer how to get there you know yeah definitely so, no it's cool like you said like your, your grandma was selling like tacos on and that's like you didn't even know at the time when you were little that like kind of probably inspired you to to do these type of things and like oh yeah and like the same thing like you're like even what you were just like it's kind of crazy just like the things that are around us we don't even realize that influence us basically oh totally totally you know and and again these things are only things that i realize in hindsight you know Many, many, many years later, you know, when I look back at photos of, of you know, Mia sitting on her at her taco stand, you know, counter, you know, these things are all ingrained very early. But um, it is it is funny how things come full circle. 
in many ways. Yeah, definitely. And then um, I, I'm, I'm assuming obviously you had jobs in the past. So what was that like from going from like working for somebody and now like working for yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I've going back to the whole the big early beginnings, you know, um, I grew up seeing my family work very hard. Um, and that's I think that makes a world of a difference when you have um, a very firsthand experience of seeing, you know, your mother uh, working endless nights to to make ends meet. Um, you know, so I always had that work ethic ingrained in me. Um, you know, so that was a big inspiration for me. Uh, but seeing, you know, again, going back to kind of reverse engineering, how you can get things. Um, you know, my first job, I wouldn't say was, or one of my first few jobs was really just working um, at restaurants. You know, I used to work at the Cheesecake Factory. Um, in high school, they had a work uh, program. So, you know, I personally, I was never a fan of school. Um, you know, I, I did well in school for a long time. And then mentally, I kind of dropped out at some point um, in high school. Because I was a very good student. I was by the book. That's how I was raised, you know, was study, work hard, go to college, um, and follow that traditional path of, you know, of escalating in society. Um, and, and for some reason, I always felt that that didn't really resonate with me, you know, so there was always this struggle in my own mind as to conforming to the traditional route that you're supposed to go through and following my own intuition as to, you know, what I, I believed was I wanted to do. Um, so going back to the job question, yeah, one of my first jobs was, uh, you know, tr uh, official jobs was in high school. Um, there was a work program where you could actually leave school early. Um, so I would do a few classes in the morning and I was out of school by 10 a.m. Um, this was my senior year of high school. And at 10 a.m., I would shoot over to the Cheesecake Factory and I was a busboy. So I was working double shifts in the high school. Um, and that was just physically and emotionally draining. Um, but it was a great learning opportunity because, um, you know, I was I was able to really generate some some savings for myself at that age. Because um, I really didn't have much at the time. And so I was trying to think of my next steps after graduation. Um, prior to that, I had actually worked at Jamba Juice, um, you know, working the counter. Um, I worked at Cold Stone selling ice cream. Um, you know, so a lot of odd jobs here and there, but it gave me enough, a little bit of cash so that I could start, you know, getting the things that I wanted. One of the first things I bought was a gym membership, you know, from, from my Cold Stone job. Um, and I specifically remember being very proud of that, you know, because now I could start focusing on my fitness and things like that. So I always liked the idea of um, just taking control of my own life. And, and, and those jobs really, again, going back to the full circle thing, they they teach you a lot, you know, with lessons that you that you utilize later in life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, what year was it that you started uh, Mama's Munchies and um, why, why did you start that? So Mama Munchies was started in 2020 and it happened really out of nowhere. Um, really the, the catalyst for Mama Munchies was COVID and March, 2020 rolled around. 
Um, I was doing film production in Los Angeles, um, doing music videos, some commercials, and um, the production world essentially came to a halt overnight. And, you know, because of that, um, I was out of work, like many people were. Um, initially, we thought it was going to be a two-week thing, um, so I kind of wasn't too stressed. Uh, I was kind of, you know, just doing what everyone else was and kind of just feeling it out for a couple of weeks. And, and then I took that, I kind of took that time to really just, you know, um, reflect and, you know, I was exercising a lot, um, just trying to figure out what, what my next moves were going to be. And at the time I had no idea, March, 2020, no idea that this was going to happen. Um, but an old business partner of my, of mine and I were texting, um, you know, we were, we're always bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, I've known him for about 10 years and we've been working together for that long. And we had this, uh, we had this idea to create a, uh, a antimicrobial, uh, tool. And this tool, you know, it was made out of copper. Copper is naturally antimicrobial. So we had this idea to release this product. It was going to help people navigate COVID um, by not touching things. Everyone was very afraid to touch things. We saw a Kickstarter online for, it was called, um, I forget the name exactly, but essentially it was a small keychain tool that you could open doors with. And you know, at a touch point kind of thing, um, you could you know use it as a stylus for your phone, an ATM, whatever it was. But we noticed on the Kickstarter that the lead time was about three months. Um, and we looked at each other and we're like, man, you know, we could do this in two weeks. We can get this out. So essentially, we we just started hitting the phones, finding vendors, uh, people who can manufacture the product. I made a quick mock-up on my iPad, and within a couple of weeks, we had it on the on the market. Uh, we were selling it on eBay to begin with, then we got it onto Amazon, and we just tested it out at the apartment that I was in. Um, I was receiving the the raw the raw cutout uh, pieces and I was polishing them in my apartment on the patio and the sales started coming through. And before you knew it, I'm caught up in this kind of business that I wasn't expecting. And we're, you know, every day I'm going to the post office every morning, sending out the shipments. And that kind of led to three months later, we sold, uh, you know, the small business uh, to a business broker in, out of Chicago. Um, he bought us out. He was, he was also in a situation where he owned gyms. And so he was out of, you know, the gyms were all closed. So he was trying to dabble into Amazon, um, you know, eBay, all this kind of uh, outlets, the e-com world. Um, so he took it off of our hands. And, uh, and that was, you know, that was a quick little project that we did within about three, three or four months. And um, from there, we, we rolled that cash into... Um, other products, a CBD brand. Um, so we we started a CBD uh, CPG company, um, infusing maple syrup and maple sugar with CBD, and that was really the first, I guess, inklings of what would become Mama Munchies, um, because that's really what got my my head revolving around the whole. Uh, cannabis and all the, the cannabinoid world, um, the benefits of, of hemp and cannabis. And, um, you know, 
that's really that's really what led down a series of events that eventually started Mama Lunches. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, that's crazy and dope. It's just like a lot of stuff happened to people in, in 2020. And I feel like it, especially for like entrepreneurs and, and business people have made them like think differently and figure out new ways to make money and things like that. Right. And then that yeah. that turned into your whole other business, which is crazier. So that's dope. Um, yeah. And then what what has it been like, uh, you know, opening up a storefront and, and having responsibilities like like things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the storefront itself, um, you know, it's interesting because this industry is so new in, in many ways, um, at least as it stands now. Um, you know, cannabis has been around for thousands of years, you know, but in the way that you're seeing it unfold at the moment, um, worldwide and in the country, um, I feel like everyone's kind of trying to figure out where it fits into the marketplace, um, myself included. And um, when we first started this store, it uh, going back to the, to the little keychain tool we, we, we produced, um, it was also very unexpected. Um, you know, when we started that CBD uh, sugar infused brand, um, we didn't realize, we really didn't know anything um, in terms of like what the market wanted, you know? Um, so throughout the sales process uh, of selling the CBD brand, um, we realized that CBD was already being pushed so much that uh, it was, it was kind of over promised and under delivered in many ways um, throughout the last years prior to that. And you know, when we would go out and sell our product, um, we got a lot of feedback in terms of what people wanted and CBD wasn't really that per se. Um, and so the store came about because we were actually selling our product to, uh, smoke shops. And one day we were in Austin, Texas, and, uh, we came up around a shop who had a product that was, uh, it was a brownie and a cookie. And, uh, I thought it was CBD and it did have some CBD in it, but we were on our sales, on our sales trip. Um, I bought one, this was a sales account that we were trying to go in and close on. And, uh, we're on the road doing our sales. I eat this cookie and about an hour later, I'm starting to feel something, you know? And so I look over at Stefan, my business partner, and I'm like, Hey dude, I think I feel some, like, I think I'm, I get, I'm getting a little buzz on this. And <laughs> he looks at me and he says the same thing. Um, and so we realize we're like, how is this, how is this, uh, you know, a thing? So I call up the store. He says, no, 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 this has, this has THC in it. Um, so I'm like, wow, this is, how is this, how is this legal? How are we, you know, how is this, um, a thing? And, um, so that was really the first transition from us pivoting from CBD to, um, THC infused products, all hemp derived, but, um, you know, it really was the catalyst for me diving deeper and doing more research on, uh, on every aspect of, of cannabis. Um, and so we pivoted very quickly. Um, you know, we started doing the our THC infused products. Um, and then we just started going out and trying to sell it. And what we quickly realized also was, um, in the sales process, it was a very tough thing to sell, you know, because 
cannabis in general has uh, always been very restricted and we didn't realize the challenges we were facing with with regulation with compliance and all those elements and um so it's been a very big learning process even to this day um but when we were selling these products we didn't realize how much how hard it was going to be to actually sell it um, because of those factors and so the store came about out of more of necessity um to control our own distribution than anything um, because it was a tough sell at the time this was 20 this is 2020 uh, late 2020 um early 2021 and um through that realization you know i i realized that we did need to control our own distribution and opening the retail store was a part of that where we could actually create this environment and this experience where customers could come in and we could explain the product um you know to the best of our knowledge and and not leave it up to the other retailers that we were trying to sell who who didn't really even want to take on the product at the time you know so yeah it was more born out of necessity than than anything the retail store gotcha and then um i guess going back um a little bit what what was the process of you know, actually making these products like the the gummies and the cookies, and then we'll get into the the drinks after because I know there's a newer. Mm-hmm. But like, I know that's like uh, like a hard thing for just to for anybody to do just uh, from scratch. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, so like I said, the process was, you know, we we had a feel for the market. We were going out selling it, getting feedback from smoke shop owners. Um, different retailers, um, you know, from a, from a legal perspective, we looked at the laws. So in 2018, they passed what was called the 2018 farm bill. And that essentially legalized, um, THC products, as long as it's under a certain percentage. Um, and every state has their own laws, of course. Um, but, uh, that was the federal bill that was passed in 2018. And I don't know why or how, but I think with COVID, being a factor too, maybe there was some sort of, um, you know, maybe people were just distracted or not really, you know, looking into these things. Um, you know, there was definitely people out there, but it wasn't like it is right now where, you know, everyone's coming out with products nowadays, um, in that, in that niche. And, um, you know, even bringing in products into our store was difficult because, um, there weren't many brands or vendors um, doing it under the under the hemp vertical. You know, um, you have medical marijuana, which is its own thing. Um, you know, you, you have the dispensary model. Um, so really, there was this kind of a um, division between you know where does where do these products fit overall on the market. Um, so even trying to source products into our store was kind of difficult for us because um, there wasn't many to be to be to bring in, you know. Um, at least that that fell under the 2018 Farm Bill. Um, so going back to the retail store and, and taking control of of our distribution, um, we ended up having to make and manufacture our own products as well. Um, so, you know, I always saw the retail store as kind of like an incubator, um, because we never really went in with any kind of, uh, ideal outcome or, you know, uh, plan in mind, to be honest. 
um, we kind of just went with it. We were driving down the road one day. We saw a Ford a four lease sign. Um, and a week later, we signed it. And we started it on a shoestring budget and and kind of just said, look, we'll see what happens. And we'll see what, what the customers say. And we'll go from there, you know. And, and so really, we started off with cookies, um, brownies, some Rice Krispie treats. And... Um, and just immediately, we just started getting feedback um, from customers. And from there, we adjusted. Um, so really, from the beginning, we just started manufacturing our own products um, across the board, which in itself has a whole slew of um, challenges. You know, manufacturing, I didn't realize how tough manufacturing is, um, you know, uh, and cookies are a pretty simple thing, but I didn't realize logistically how many factors go into it. Um, so, but... But yeah, that's you know that's how the 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 cookies and our other baked products kind of got got us going. You know, um, was was introducing it in our store. Gotcha. And then um, and now you have the the THC drinks. So tell me a little bit about that. And then um, I know it's kind of like you have a, a separate website for that as well. So mm-hmm. um, are you guys like how are you guys are you guys pushing that as like a whole it's not like a new brand, but like a whole, just like its own entity. Yeah. Um, you know, they're all related, but yeah, you know, essentially that is its own, you know, its own, its own brand. Um, I see beverages as it's very going back to the, the, the cookies and the baked items that we were doing. Um, you know, that taught us lots of lessons, both from logistically manufacturing, um, you know, uh, the freshness of the product, you know, we were going through a lot of loss um, in terms of the, the, the items themselves, the shelf life, um, those kind of things. And beverages have been around for many, many years, you know, um, canned beverages specifically. Um, and so we realized very quickly that, you know, this this product could fit within the same category that we're building. Um, and you know, logistically they're great for distribution. You know, there's many, many companies that are distributing drinks, um, and there are processes in order to get it out there and, you know, both from shipping logistics, you know, metal cans are, are very logistically, um, conducive to distribution. Um, and so, um, going back to the whole retail store, you know, we always saw the retail store as like, almost like a little laboratory. Um, cause we can come out with a product and within hours we've got anecdotal feedback from our customers. You know, I could even just stand there and see what a customer's reaching for. And I at least know that, you know, they're more attracted to this item than this item. Um, or I might put out a, a product here and one here and, and then I'll ask people, you know, what do you, what do you think about this? Or, you know, do you like this design? Do you, um, you know, what, what do you think about the taste? Um, so these things are very, very important in terms of data. Um, and we always want to listen to our customers and, um, you know, really go with what they want. So throughout this whole process, it's really been, uh, organically grown and, um, you know, we take all the feedback that we get and we really analyze it and we try to, we try to implement it into the new products that we come out with. And so the drinks, you know, from the very beginning were, were very popular. You know, originally they were in um, plastic bottles. I slapped a label on it um, and 
and that's how we did it, you know? Um, and then from there, we just kept building, kept building, constantly improving it. Um, and so it, again, it happened very organically, you know, we, from the very beginning, we didn't really go into this with any kind of preconceived notion as to what it would become. Um, and over time, you know, we've kind of really solidified our vision. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I got to, I got to try the drinks and the cookies. Um, and I, I thought the, oh, nice. the, uh, the drinks are, are very good. Like they, they don't have any like aftertaste, which I I've had other like CBD drinks, not, um, mm-hmm. that do, uh, have like a kind of a weirder aftertaste, but these ones, and they taste good. Um, so it was, it was cool. Um, cool. To, to I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, what do you see, I guess for, for the future? I know like all the States aren't, uh, officially have it, I guess, uh, regulated or allowed yet. So I guess, mm-hmm. Are you guys, do you guys like have a pinpoint of like dates of like what other states are, and then you're going to like charge after those states too? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, the, the legal landscape is constantly evolving. Um, every month it seems like there's a new proposal for a legislative bill or, you know, um, some sort of rulemaking. Um, so that's, you know, that, again, like I said, that comes with its own world of, of challenges. Um, and that's, you know, that's just the nature of the business, you know, that's also partly why there is so, so much opportunity in that space. Um, so, you know, we, we take those challenges, um, um, but, you know, as far as distribution, really our main focus right now is Florida because we are a Florida based based brand. Um, Florida in particular has a licensing process for hemp derived products. Um, so really Florida is going to be our, our main, main focus, um, at the moment in terms of distribution. Um, it's, you know, it's been my backyard for, since I was a kid. Um, and so I know Florida very well. Um, you know, other States like Minnesota have their own, uh, you know, rules regarding it. They have certain THC caps, um, for, for the products that they have there. And then you have all the, you know, the legacy states like Colorado, California, um, you know, who are definitely the pioneers in this whole thing. Um, but, you know, us being in Florida, you know, I see, I see really just zeroing in on the Florida market as, as the main, um, you know, market that, that we we're going to distribute. Cause I feel like if you, if you focus on the people that are, you know, in your own backyard, naturally you can start expanding outwards. Um, and also from a legal perspective, you know, we know, we know the Florida laws and, um, every state does have their own, uh, different laws regarding hemp drive products. Um, even though the bill is, is a federal bill. Um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially, you know, our route is, you know, we're just going to keep growing it organically, getting the feedback from our customers and, um, you know, Florida's a, I love Florida. Florida's a great state. Uh, there's a lot of people here who, who, who love, um, you know, the, the product. And, um, you know, I think naturally over time, we're going to start seeing that shift uh, nationally where people, you know, really want to just, it'll just open up the gates um, on a whole another level. Where do you, where do you see the state of the, the cannabis industry going? I guess that's the million dollar question, right? Um Literally, uh, you know, it's like I said, you know, everyone knows cannabis, cannabis has been around forever. Um, and there's, 
you know, you got to pay respects to all the pioneers who have, who have gotten it to the point that it's at, you know? Um, and so, you know, I think from a, from a long-term perspective, I think it's, I see it being like beer and wine, you know, where, where it's a more social, um, kind of recreational experience, um, you know, where the stigma is removed. Um, when you look back at like the temperance movement back in the 1800s and early 1900s, you know, we went this, I think a lot of people forget, but this country went through a period of time where alcohol was elite illegal, you know, you had to go into back alleys to get it. Um, and I think cannabis is where that's, it's, it's, it's been there. Prohibition has been there for a long, long time. Um, and it's gotten to the point now where I really do feel in my heart that it's, it's not if it's when it's going to open up, um, you know, where it's just not going to be an issue. Um, but until then, you know, um, there's a lot of work to be done still. Uh, and, and I really just envision this as a type of product that, that you can just kind of go um, into any other place that you would find beer and wine, you know? And I think part of that involves kind of finding like where uh, the medical marijuana uh, vertical can merge with the, the hemp uh, vertical, you know? And I think at some point they're going to converge. It's just a matter of how and when. Um, but, you know, I think the very foundational pieces are all there and there's no doubt that the people want it, you know, um, it's just a matter of how that fits. And that, and again, that is still a very, um, that's a, that's a question that's going to unfold in the coming years. Um, and it, it's yet to be seen, but you know, I feel very confident about the, the industry as a whole for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, Florida is definitely not a bad state to conquer with you guys. I mean, you guys got a great population, obviously a bunch of people go there for vacation. So perfect. Yeah. Um, how did, how did you come up with the name mamas and what, like, what's the background about it? Yeah. I mean the name, um, it's funny, like with names, uh, names are always tough to kind of come up with when it comes to like a business or, or a project. Um, it kind of just came naturally, you know, everyone has their, I feel like it's a very universal kind of name, you know, in Spanish, mama, that's, you know, everyone knows what that means. Um, uh, English, same thing. You can go pretty much any, any country in the world and, and mama, for the most part, people kind of understand what that means. Um, you know, I have my own reasons, my business partner, Stefan, he has his own reasons. He was raised essentially by his grandma. Um, so she's a very big part of his life for me. Very close to my mother, um, and and I always find that you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of power uh, behind the the love that a mother can give you, um, you know. And for me, that was always uh, uh, you know going back to my grand my own grandmother um, with her taco stand. Like for me personally, these were always my biggest influences in life, and I learned a lot of my work ethic from from the mothers in my life, my grandmother and my mother. Um, and it's just something that I feel like people can really resonate with. Um, it's very, you know, uh, homely, it's very inviting. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of partly what will take away from, um, I guess the, the stigma in a sense, um, you know, from, from the, 
from the traditional, you know, preconceived notions that most people have about cannabis, you know? Um, so yeah, I think mama's is very, um, it just resonates with people in, in many ways. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell me some of the benefits of, you know, using, uh, like THC and CBD products. Yeah. So, uh, cannabis has hundreds of cannabinoids is what they're called. Um, each one has its own kind of different effect. Um, CBD is known to relax you, um, you know, reduce anxiety, um, definitely benefits to it. Um, then you have the THCs, which, um, you know, it, they have its own slew of benefits. They are psychoactive. Um, so you're not going to get, it's a little more, um, it's a little stronger than CBD. Um, but overall, you know, personally, I, I love it as a, as a way to recover from my workouts or even as a pre-workout, to be honest. Um, you know, there's, I just feel like it's, for me, it's always kind of felt like, um, a way for me to naturally just get into this zone where, um, you know, I can focus, um, kind of just makes your day a little brighter and, and, you know, in the, in the chaos of life, you know, I think everyone needs kind of a way to reset and, um, whether it's through a beverage, whether it's through, um, you know, uh, a vape or smoking it, however you, you know, each person has their own way of consuming cannabis, but however you want to do it as a whole, I think the benefits are, are unquestionable, you know? Um, and it, again, it's been around for thousands of years. Uh, and so, you know, I think there's something to that the fact that it's been around so long. And, um, I personally, I just find it as a very good way to kind of reset and, whether it's physically or mentally, you know, at the, no different than when you sit down at the end of the night and maybe have a beer, you know, um, there's just something to it that can kind of relax you and, and get you set for the next thing that's going to come at you in life, you know? So, yeah, I, I definitely see it as an integral part of my daily life. Um, and, and also, you know, for the people that aren't, you know, daily consumers of it, um, as a recreational product, you know, it's, it accomplishes the same thing, you know, a way to reset, um, socialize with people, uh, and, and just, you know, um, replenish your mind, your body and, and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what are some other projects that you're, you're working on? So as far as projects, um, yeah, I feel like, Mama's is really just one of many things that I have on in, in my in my plans. Um, I always approach things with everything being connected. And um, one thing that I'm, I would love to do is and, and I'm going to do is integrate um, giving back through the brand. Um, I feel like, you know, for me personally, I have stories in my own background that um, have to do with mental health. Um, both in my family, um, struggles that I've had, and, and things that I realize many, many people have in the, throughout the world, millions of people, um, whether it's anxiety, whether it's uh, depression, whether it's, um, you know, uh, just general stress. Um, you know, uh, I experienced 
few years ago, about five years ago, um, my brother and I went through a very tough experience. My brother passed away from a mental health um, episode. And, you know, going through that whole experience, it really, it really taught me a lot. And it was a very pivotal point in my life where I had to reanalyze what, what I wanted to do with, with my time in life. Um, and as time progressed, I, I realized more and more how much, uh, mamas and all, and, you know, all the projects that I do have, have to do with this cause of mental health. Um, and so one of the projects that I'm going to be doing very soon is I want to raise funds for mental health awareness. Um, so I'm planning on riding my bike from South Florida to New York city. Um, in about 15 days is the goal. Um, but really the purpose of it, that's the physical aspect of it, but really the purpose is along the way is to kind of meet with people who are dealing with, um, these challenges in mental health, um, you know, depression, anxiety, um, suicide, all these kind of things. And, and kind of just, you know, really explore that whole topic you know, uh, meeting with people throughout the East Coast on that trip and getting their perspective on on what mental health means and how it affects um, people on an everyday basis, you know. Um, so that's a project that's in the works. Um, and, and yeah, I, I'm really excited for that. And I think that um, I think that that's kind of the when it comes to business, I think everyone needs a why, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're tired and, and you're, or, or even late at night when you're, when you're drained from, from all the work that you've been doing, you know, I think those are the kind of things that keep you going, um, is, is the why. And so beyond the mama's product and beyond, um, you know, all the other things that, that you do, it's, it's those things that, that keep you moving and 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 wanting to keep pushing forward yeah yeah no definitely that's dope that you're gonna you're gonna do that bike ride um you gotta get you gotta get you gotta be mamas out all logos all over the place and stuff that would be cool. uh, <laughs> yeah i mean i'll definitely be using the product to keep me going for sure but um but but no i mean no but it's true though like i i really do love getting to that mental headspace where you know you just lose your concept of time i think you know, fitness in general is very important when it comes to mental health, um, because at the very, you know, foundational level, your your body is is very important to keeping a, a sharp and sound mind. You know, um, so there, I think there's things that we can all do um, at a very baseline level to to kind of help us just you know um, keep keep fresh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What what advice would you give to entrepreneurs? Um, you know, that's, (laughs) that's interesting because, you know, I, I still see myself as, even though I've been mentally doing this my whole life, I still see myself as, as learning all the time. But personally, I feel like just knowing yourself, you know, um, is very, very important. Um, because, even from, you know, that's always going to guide you in life is knowing yourself. You have nobody but yourself to guide you in terms of, of ultimately making the decisions that you want. Right. And, um, 
I'm very big into journaling and, and writing out my thoughts. And I feel like that's a very, very key thing in terms of um, understanding who you are. Um, so I would say, you know, really just take the time to, to figure out what you what things you want out of life, um, because you're always going to have, uh, you know, lots of things coming at you um, and trying to, you know, going back to the college thing, you know, I, you know, I was always told to go to college and I struggled for a long time trying to battle internally, you know, what the right decision was for me to go in that route, you know, was it to go to college or to really follow what I felt in my heart was, you know, my path. And, um, you know, my mother was a first generation immigrant. She got her citizenship when I was, um, I want to say like 13 or something. Um, you know, so for, for my family, not going to college was like a big no, no. And, you know, internally, that's something that I had to figure out. You know, I couldn't go to anybody to validate that that idea for me. And so, you know, when it comes to, to advice, I would say it really is just take the time to know yourself, ask yourself the right questions as to what you want out of life. And the rest really will really will take care of itself, you know, um, because the, the alternative to that is is going through life, going against your your instincts and your and what you desire, you know, um, which I think can create a lot of anxiety um, in people, you know. So, you know, that was a very broad answer to that. But, um, you know, I think it's those kind of foundational concepts that that really matter in the long run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are right, you ready for a couple of fun questions? Sure. Yeah, that's it. All right. If I come if I come down by your area, where do we have to go to check out some food besides Mama's? <laughs> Besides mamas, okay. Um, all right, so, man, Miami's got a lot of places. Um, a lot of them are more fancy, I would say. Um, you know, you got the Carbones and all the, you know, all the influencer spots. But to be honest, I like low-key spots. Um, I like a good value. Um, I like I like leaving feeling nice and full and replenished. There's actually... I would say if you came down, I would take you to Daily Bread. Um, it's a Mediterranean spot in in South Miami, and the food's really fresh. Um, you can get hummus, you get a big portion of steak. Um, the beef shawarma is what I get. The platter with a side of salad and a and two two nice warm pieces of pita bread. Um, and then if you want something nice for dessert, they have a whole bunch of like baklavas and tons of desserts. But yeah, it's a very low key place. It's been there forever. Um, but yeah, I always I like I could eat there every, literally every single day. So that's where I would take you is daily. Bread. There you go. What, what's your like, uh, like, do you have like any dream collabs or partnerships you'd want to do with the brand? Dream collaborations. Um like a celebrity using your product or endorsing it or yeah yeah yeah, definitely um yeah so actually one of the the biggest things that i would love to do with the brand is integrate music into the brand um whether it's called mama's music or munch music i'm still playing around with those ideas but you gotta get ice spice then what's that you gotta get ice spice you know that is ice spice who is that the, the rapper Okay. Yeah. 
hey look i'm i'm down yeah any i'll, I'll show you after yeah i'm down for any you know collaboration you know but i feel like again going back to the whole lifestyle thing um you know music resonates worldwide and i think personally it keeps me going um as equally as as cannabis does and exercise does you know it's it's one of those things that drives you um it can put you into a completely different headspace um and it's very therapeutic music um so when it comes to you know collaborations any artist whether you're small or you're big i would love Monless to be involved with the music world because not only does music sound amazing when you're you know when you're consuming cannabis but um it's just it's one of those things that i feel like it's just an integral part of of life and i i truly believe music keeps the world going around um you know when i'm when i'm down on hard times or you know you just need to put on a good song that you like and a few minutes later you're just you're a completely different person you know so there isn't really any one particular person i would say um, you know, I would love to work with all the big artists, you know, but, um, you know, personally, I'm a big fan of, um, electronic music. Um, I also love rap. It just depends what mood I'm in, but, um, yeah, like, uh, Fred again, he's a, he's an artist that I, I really love. I love to train to, to his music, um, Flume, uh, who else? I mean, there's so many, to be honest, um even just some local friends that, that produce music, you know, I think that whole process of, of the music creating process is very, very cool. And I, and I would love, you know, mamas to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, last one, if you had 10 minutes to spend uh, with a business person, ask them like any questions you want, who would, who would that person be? Oh man. Uh, 10 minutes with any business person. Um, I don't know if he's, I mean, he's definitely a, I don't know if you would consider this a business person, but Nikola Tesla is a big inspiration of mine. Um, you know, he's an inventor. He, he was very well known for, he never wrote down any of his ideas. Um, he would completely come up with the thought and the idea in his mind and, um, and then he would execute on that. And so all of his, all of his works and all of his inventions were were created just by him essentially thinking them through in his mind. So for me, I've always been fascinated with Nikola Tesla. Um, you know, in fact, I don't know if you, you could argue that he wasn't a good businessman because you know because of his, his story. He got there's a lot that went on between him and and Thomas Edison. Um, Thomas would probably have been the better businessman if you you know if you were to ask someone, but, um, I think his whole perspective for me, it's always been a very big inspiration, um, in terms of his, his way of thinking. Um, so I know it's not a businessman per se, but I think he definitely has that creative spark that many business, good businessmen have Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate you coming on and, um, could you let the listeners know, uh, where they could follow you guys at? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, our website is sipmamas.com. Um, that's S I P M A M A S.com. Um, you can get all our products there, the, the drink specifically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you could, that you could find the product. Um, 
our Instagram is still in the works. We're going to start really pushing our marketing um, now, actually. Um, but but I'll, I'll, I guess we can leave a link in the, yeah, in the description. description. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yes, at mamas.com would be where you could find us and, and learn more about us and keep up to date with what we're doing.